Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode is also brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. Benoit Performance Baits offers some of the best soft plastics for bass, sackalay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for a family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok to place your order now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, guys, just like to welcome you all to the show. If you're streaming us right here on our YouTube channel, thank you so much for tuning in. You get to see this beautiful face that's made for radio, like I always tell everybody. And if you're listening to us on your favorite streaming platform, thank you so much also for tuning in, guys. Man, I have to tell you, um, we are in the middle of the week right now. It is some nasty weather coming through South Louisiana this afternoon. But at the end of the day, you get home from a hard day of work. I get to sit down and talk outdoors with all of you tuning into the show. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, like I mentioned, the weather's been pretty rough this afternoon. Hopefully everybody made it home safe. Uh, you know, we had a lot of lightning this evening, a lot of rain today that got dropped this afternoon here in Louisiana as well as uh, more lightning than I've seen in quite a while, guys. So hopefully everybody still has power. Uh, everybody made it home safely for the evening. And uh, and we're going to go ahead and get started talking about the outdoors tonight, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't stress that enough. And, uh, and tonight I'm excited. I really am excited, as I am for every show that we do. Um, because tonight I have a good friend of mine, a special guest, that's going to join us tonight. And we're going to be talking fishing tonight, guys. I know if you've been tuning in to the last couple of episodes where we kicked off season five, we were talking waterfowl hunting. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk to us and ask us, they say, man, what do you guys do for content during the summer months whenever it's not duck season? And to be honest with you, we do pretty much anything that you guys do outdoors. We go fishing, we go frogging, we do all kinds of outdoor activities here in our great state in the boot of Louisiana. And, uh, and we just, we whatever rolls and, and we feel like doing, guys, that's what we roll with. So we've been doing quite a bit of fishing lately, um, working more than anything, I have to be honest with you. But we've been doing a lot of fishing. And as we get more into, uh, you know, into the summer months, we're going to be doing quite a bit more fishing. And we'll be sharing those experiences with you guys. So if you've been following us right here on the YouTube channel, you probably know that we released a couple of fishing videos from a trip that we took Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. And uh, me and Jackson went out, did some fishing in a local pond, uh, a private pond that uh, we got access to. And we really had a good time, man. We caught some beautiful post-spawn bass in that lake that we went uh, went to Sunday and really, really had a good time. We got some good video footage for you guys. And if you haven't checked it out, look right here on the YouTube channel. Check out the videos that we posted over the last couple of days. I think you guys, if you enjoy fishing, you love bass fishing, especially a jig bite bass fishing. You're going to love the video that we just put out, guys. So check that out. Uh, and we really appreciate you guys sharing it if you enjoy it. Share it with your buddies. But tonight, guys, like I mentioned, I have a friend of mine on. We're going to be talking custom rod building and the market and the, the industry of custom rods. Um, if you do any kind of fishing, 
you know that custom rod building has become a huge business, uh, not only from a professional standpoint with anglers that are fishing, major league fishing, uh, you know, Bassmaster Elite Series, all the major circuits, but also from a local standpoint. Um, so tonight we're going to be inviting our friend, Mr. Doug Black Blacklock with Cajun Limb Outdoors. Doug's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for quite some time. And, uh, and we struck up a friendship years ago um, when I was working retail. Doug is a guy that I came across. We met. We struck up a friendship. And, uh, and I always fell in love with his products and his rods that he was building back in the day and, uh, and helped him kind of, kind of, uh, you know, sell a bunch of rods in the early days whenever he was trying to get it off the ground. And now he's involved in so much more. He does, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, events that he does where he helps children out learning how to, you know, go out there and fish. Uh, he supports local charities, tournaments, all that type of stuff. And we're going to talk to Doug about all that tonight and kind of what got him into the custom rod building business, guys. So I'm going to bring Doug in with us right now, see, make sure we got a good connection tonight for you guys. And we're going to welcome Doug to the show if it's all right with all of y'all. So here we go. What's up, my buddy? What's happening? Face, face made for radio. I, I tell people all the time, I say I have a face made for radio, so that's why I do these podcasts. And even though even though I'm on YouTube and we have a channel and we do social media, we try to put Jackson out there a little bit more than me nowadays. See, you didn't tell the full story about when I met you at Bowie Outfitters. No, I figured we could get into that. You and I, you and I go a long ways back, and uh, and and we've known each other for I don't know how many years have we known each other for now. Yeah, I've been building probably sixteen years, and I met you. I walked into Bowie Outfitters, and that's where I met you first. And you were running the tackle department, and I told you about my rods, and you're like, "Sure, bring them in. Let me see what you're doing." That's right. I remember and, that man like it was yesterday. And would you tell me? probably a year or so later after we really became friends and you were selling my stuff. Are you going to remember to, what you told me you said? I do not. You're going to have to refresh me in your mind. You were like, what is this guy going to bring in here? <laughs> what, what does this guy have? And you're like, this is going to be another guy trying to peddle his junk. Well, <laughs> Hey, in, with, in all fairness, in our business and you know, retail now you have a pretty good grasp oh, of how yeah. that all works. It's, it's, I mean, there's new vendors coming through the door every day. Um, you know, so you see a lot of products, a lot of guys trying to push their products. And you know what? As a salesman, I respect that. And I think when I met you, Doug, that it was, it was kind of a mutual respect because I've been in sales my whole life, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I'm not one of them guys that just try to turn down a sales guy walking through a door pitching a product. I, I'm always open to new ideas, right. which your rods and your product. You know, Cajun Limb Rods, whenever I, I first saw your product, man, it was different than what was out there at the time compared right. to what you were seeing in, in all the in all the retail stores. So back then they were spiral wrap rods. That's right. You were you were hundred percent, I think, spiral wrap rods right. back then, which was completely different. And you had to explain the concept to me kind of of, of that situation. And for those of our listeners who are listening tonight that aren't real familiar with spiral wrap rods. Kind of, kind of explain the concept behind that when you were first starting, starting out with that. The biggest, the biggest, I guess the biggest deal with it is when you fight a fish on the old rods, the guides were so high up off the center line of the blank. Somebody came with the idea to get the guides to the bottom and that would fight the torque. So 
everybody that fishes, when you fight a big fish and he runs off to your left, your wrist cranks to the right. You don't know it because you've been doing it for years. That's the actual the line trying to flip to the bottom side of the blank. Wow. The easiest way for you to do it, to figure it out, for a person to see it is put your line through the first guide and skip all the rest and put it to the tip, put the line through the tip, load your rod up and your lines at the bottom. So your, your line is always trying to flip to the bottom. So you would start with a guide at the top and just roll it around to the bottom side and the rest is history. That's an interesting concept. And I remember you talking about that, uh, how you explained that to me and it made a lot of sense to me. And, uh, you know, I thought at the time, Doug, I said, you know what? I said, I think other people need to kind of kind of know about this technology and kind of the concept behind it. And really, man, to be honest with you, that's one reason we, we, we brought your product in at the time. And people, uh, are, people are scared of it because they don't understand it. And nobody ever really put it out there where people could put their eyes on it. They just saw something in the store that looked crazy and it's like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Gary Loomis even tried putting it out and he... He stopped it. Really? I'm guessing because the people walking in the Bass Pro shops and academies, whatever, when they see it, they're going to be skeptical and they're just going to go away. But because nobody's ever really put it into, I guess, into action where you can see what's actually going on. Well, I, hadn't built, I hadn't built one in probably 10 years. Yeah, it's changed. I know I know. over the years you've kind of changed the concept of how you build them and all that stuff, which we're going to get into. But let me ask you this. I'm interested still in the spiral, the spiral wrap thing. And for those of you who have come across over the years, spiral wrapped rods, what was the, con other than the concept, were you, or, or where did you, let me rephrase that, where did you first come across the spiral wrap technology? And, and how many people were doing that at the time? Was it something... That there was, was there was a few few people, uh, Texas. It was a company in Texas called the Texas Twister or something like that. But I, I was introduced to it by a guy named Bill Stevens. Ah, remember Mr. Bill? I remember Mr. Bill right here in Louisiana. Yep, he found me on uh, a site called uh, RodDillon.org, and he invited me over to his house and he showed me it, and I, it went from there. And then I also got hooked up with his, I guess they were partners, Lance Dupree. And I learned tons of stuff from Lance Dupree at Swampland Tackle. That's yeah. where I would say Lance probably grew me the most in, really? in, in my talents. You know, I, I spent a lot of time with Lance. I call Lance my, with my sensei. Your sensei, you know, that's a good way to put he, it. He, you got he, he, he's done me well. He's taught me a lot. Mr. Bill's taught me some things from the very beginning that I still hold true to. And that for a for custom rod builders, one thing Mr. Bill told me is like, your blank is like a tuning fork. The more stuff you put on it, the dumber it gets. So when I build a rod now, I put minimal stuff on it. Uh, I rarely use a cork grip. It's always a split grip. I don't put a bunch of fancy wrapping. It's, it's pretty, it's a tool. It's a fishing rod. That's it's good, not. To, it's not to be pretty. That's a good way to put it, you know. And and anybody who fishes and, and gets into the technology, Doug, they know that the the less components that are on that rod, the more sensitive, the more light it is. It, it's a. It's a. It makes it more efficient. In other words, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned, Doug. You've been doing this now sixteen years. Sixteen. 
That's unbelievable. I, I didn't realize you've been doing it this long. And, and one of the questions I wanted to ask was what originally, kind of going back to the early days, when you thought about building your first custom rod, what sparked your interest in rod building to get into that? Because that's a that's a big competitive side of the fishing business, you know? I was at a church fair, and there was a guy there that was selling his rods, and I needed some repaired. So I took them to him to get repaired, and he kind of showed me, showed me the ropes. He actually... A.D. Welch is his name. He's an older guy. I don't know what he's doing now, but he's the one hooked me up with my original supplier. Okay. And that just, it just kind of, it grew from there. Wow. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you first built your, when you built your first fishing rod? I do. You want me to age myself? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot out there, my brother. 16 years ago and I'm 57, 56, 57. So okay. Okay. 40. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. about 40. I built my first rod. Wow. And, so, dude, and just to see the difference from the rods, I had my original rod that I built. It was a spinnerbait rod compared to what I build now. It's it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Just the, the components that have changed so much in 16 years from the, the big guides to the micro guides. And I mean, in the fishing industry, that's one of the things that you'd have to agree, I assume, Doug, that the technology has changed even since when I met you, you know, when we were first uh, we were first trying to get your, your rods and stuff out there. Uh, the technology has just changed so much. Talk, touch a little bit on that as far as when you saw the biggest leap in technology as to where it is now in the market today. My biggest leap is when they started out with the micro when the micro guys came out. That's a, the biggest leap. And here, here recently, a lot of suppliers, like I just ordered a bunch of stuff from Batson, you know, very high end blanks, very light, very strong blanks, but real seats that are made out of carbon fiber that are just like crazy, crazy light. It's made out of the same material that your blank is made out of. So you don't lose any, there's no deadening there to where you, your, your original real seats may have some plastic or something in it. I'm not sure, but this is pure carbon fiber. Let me see, I got one right here. I don't know if y'all be able to see it. Yeah, for everybody watching on YouTube, you're gonna be able to see this guy. So this is a this, little bonus this, footage. This thing is, this thing is just, how'd I get it on there? It's just deadly. It's light. You don't you don't even know that you're holding it in your hand. It's so light. That's amazing. And the only the only weight that you feel on it actually is when you put the hood on it. The hood comes separate. Really? Yep. But with this with this technology, there's a price that comes with it. You know, a regular real seat might cost you five, six bucks. This one's fifteen, sixteen bucks. Wow. But yeah, that's that, a big difference. But bass fishermen, they'll pay that just because the benefits of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, which is a, which kind of leads me to my next point. And this was a question I had a little bit further down in the show, but you, you touching on it now. So it's, first of all, let me ask you this. Custom rods, as far there's a big market nowadays for custom rods from the elite you know, aspect of it, the pro fishermen down to the average Joe who's looking to, you know, up his game, kind of improve his equipment, that right. type of stuff. Um, you know, 
is is custom rods for every angler out there? Let me ask you that. Start out no. and, no, and explain the difference in that, Doug. A custom a custom rod. Well, with a custom rod, you can come you can come to me, sit down and talk to me, and tell me what you want in a rod. You know, I can customize it to the point where if you want six inch butt in the back or a twelve inch butt, or what kind of tip you want. If you want double foot guys all the way up or one double foot and single foots all the way, no hook keeper, no grips, you know, no wind grips or no cork. It just, you can come get what you want. You could come, you could order it your way in other words. Right. You can order it your way. You're not, and I don't want to knock the companies that have rods built overseas, but if you order a custom rod from me, I build the rod. Nobody else touches it. So yeah. at the end of the day, if something something happens, I'm the guy you talk to. Yeah, that's and a good that's me. a good point. And you know me, my phone. Everybody has my phone number. If you want to talk to me, call me. That's if right. You wanna, if you want to holler and scream at me, holler and scream at me. I'm not gonna get mad at you because I understand custom rods aren't cheap. They're not cheap, but nine times out of ten, everybody that I built a custom rod for, they never went back and bought a rod off the rack. <laughs> they'll pay the extra money to build to get a custom rod. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. That's impressive. That says a lot for your work, Doug, to be honest with you, you know. And you have a really good reputation. Like you said, 16 years, guy, guys, Doug's been doing this. And I can tell you that every person that I've ever had buy a rod from you that I've personally sent to you, whether it was in the beginning days or whatever, they have always been 100% happy with you, Doug. And that says a lot. The way you carry yourself as a as a business owner, the the way that you put your craftsmanship into the product means a lot. And it, at the end of the day, it's got to be a good product, Doug. Right. And you build a good product. Right. So, guys, if you ha aren't familiar with Doug, check him out at Cajun Limb Custom Rods. If you're watching this right here on YouTube, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug him a couple of times tonight. His phone number is right here, scrolling across the bottom of the screen. You can call him, um, you know, and get in touch with him very very easily. He's a He's a hands-on type guy. He loves to talk to people about fishing and other things as well, just in general. Uh, just a good guy, man. So, uh, you know, uh, that's – I could vouch for you, Doug. I think you've done a phenomenal job over the years, and you've been a, a friend of mine for, since the beginning that's always done me right and the people I send to you right. Uh, I've been a friend, been knowing you since – I think your first child was very, very young. <laughs> yep, Jackson was a little, little baby. Yeah, and sure there, there's people that I've that we met together, and there's friends that you. I've met people and built rods for people that were kids that now have kids, and <laughs> and it's crazy for me to see that. It's that, it's crazy. That's insane. I and I know I feel the same way. I sell boats to customers, and they'll come back later like that. Their kids, you know, just a small kid, and they buy a family fishing boat. And then they'll come back in the store, Doug, and they buy their their first boat for them to fish high school or college. And I'm like, yeah. holy, holy crap, I'm getting old, you know. And it, yeah. uh, I know where you're coming from, man. It, it, it's it's hard to believe how fast time flies. But uh, but let me ask you this: What's the process of an angler that wants to get in touch with you and inquire about a custom built rod? How does that that process usually kind of work out? Uh, majority of people contact me through Facebook. Now, okay. My, my phone number's on Facebook. They can call. Just call. We can talk. I see what you want. 
And a lot of people ask, well, you want money? So no, I don't want any money up front. I'll get the money from you when you come get it. I, I do this, all this at my house. Anybody's more than welcome. If I'm off, come to my house. You're not coming here while I'm not here. But, you know, <laughs> if I'm here, come, you know, sit down and talk. I'll show you the blanks that I have, everything, rods. I got rods that I use when I get to fish, you know, because I, I do stay busy. I mean, I work. Yeah, I what a lot of people may I not know is you work full time. That's right. not you. Building rods is actually kind of like us with the podcast and the right. social media stuff. You do this as a side. A side well, I mean, I do this as a, I, I work in a plant. I build rods on the side. I work with a Christian radio station on the side. And I picked up another bad habit, cornhole. Oh, my God. Corn. Tell it, me. It, it is horrible, know. bro. What? We're going to see you on ESPN 8, the Ocho, pretty soon, I guess. <laughs> Don't say it ain't going to happen. If you can flip a jig, you can throw a cornhole back. <laughs> it's all the same, huh? Dude, it's it's very addictive. I, <laughs> hey, I love cornhole. I'm, I'm, I love it. I've never got into it competitively, but I can see how guys get hooked on it. I got about eight sets of bags, and I'm waiting for another set to show up tomorrow. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. So you and I haven't got to talk in a while, so it's yeah. uh, we're catching up, man. It's so, bad. guys, it's like we we sitting around uh, – around the rod building room at Doug's house. We're just catching up on things, which I noticed for all of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm referencing YouTube again. If you're streaming us on YouTube tonight, Doug, you, you're in your studio at home. It looks like I see rods in the background. Yeah, I'm in my rod room. Yeah. In your rod room. And, and tell, talk, talk a little bit about that, how how you set it up, how that uh, – when, when did you kind of realize you needed to designate a space for that specific well, – when I first got – when I first started this, I, w- I was single – and I was building rods in, in the trailer I was living in, in the kitchen. And I would rest the blank on a pillow. It, it was horrible. <laughs> then I got married and I was using the shed that was on the, on the house, on the garage. Then after being married for a couple of years, we built this house. And now I have a room off the garage desk for me to build rods. Big time. You're in the big time now. Nah, I'm not going to say big time. Well, yeah, I'd say you're doing it right. That's for sure. So you got a nice setup there. Well, you know, I'm at I'm at the point where building rods is not how I make a living. Yeah. I make a living by going to work. And this is extra. I'm not going to say it's not extra. A few years back, I was doing, I was, I was working really hard at this, making, not making a lot of money, but I spent a lot of time work then here. And my wife was like, hey, you got a wife. <laughs> so I had to dial it back. So, you know, I've dialed way back on what I do, but I still pay, stay busy. But I try to balance it. But I'm getting older and I'm getting closer to that retirement. So I'm trying to dial it back up. Yeah. And I've actually started another line called Lim Elite. Okay, so, but it's a it's it's a higher end rod. It's it's bad to bone. It's well, it's sweet. Well, touch on that. Touch on that because that's something I wasn't aware of, and and listeners may want to hear about that, Doug. So you have the regular lineup. Let's just to clarify, you have the regular lineup of Cajun limb rods. The Cajun now, limb. The Cajun limb was the original rod I started with, and I always said, I'll I'll always build the Cajun limb. That's that's going to be me. Period. 
Nobody else is going to touch it. I'll never farm it out to China or to Japan or anywhere. That'll always be me. Now, the Lemmy Leeds, it's a higher-end rod, and at some point, I may try to have these built and then try to get them in stores. Okay. Something that I got. Something I, I won't have as much hands-on time, but I would only do it if I know there's some sort of good quality control because I don't have a bad name, and I don't want to get a bad name, and I'm going to do everything to keep that from happening. So that's a good point. But at yeah. some point, that's what I would like to do. It's yeah. either either of that or I'm going to eventually when I do retire, I'm going to go on the road and do shows. And I want to have I don't you can't just to me, you just can't go to a show with one rod, one type of rod. You got to have a low end and a high end. Mm -hmm. That's a good and, point. And these are definitely high end rods. Yeah. And you bring up a good point there because, you know, the way I look at trade shows, a lot of these trade shows, like use the Louisiana Sportsman Show, uh, you know, you familiar with that. All of our listeners here in Louisiana are familiar with that. In my opinion, when I was selling lures and stuff like that, and we used to go to the shows, um, I, I'd always say I, I think every, you know, body that walks in these shows has a, a, a you know, a certain budget that they want to spend X amount of dollars that day. And, and I agree with you. You got to have, if you're looking for a fishing rod, they're looking for the bargain rods. They have guys that are looking for that. Then you, you know, you you stumble upon somebody who might have these elite rods like you have a high end rod. And there's also a budget for those for those right. guys. So you got to have a product at these shows. You know, and I've only, wouldn't you I've agree? Only, yeah, and I've only done one show. It's a show that we did together. That's right. We did a and show you know, with, with, Mr. with Mr. Joe, and I wasn't comfortable doing it. And I've I've gone to every every show here in Baton Rouge and others since then. And I've seen custom rods, and I'm just like, I can't believe those people are selling those rods in a show. And then I just, I went to the Houston show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, nice stuff. You know, there was one guy there that was just, I was like, I can't believe, but it is what it is, you know. And I, I may go do that show next year. I, I don't know. I haven't done a show. I haven't done a show since me we did that show together. Yeah, now, you know Blaine Salter, right? Yeah, yeah. He, Salter, we actually we talked at the me. at the show a few weeks ago. He was on me last night, man. I've been telling you for ten years now. You need to come get in there with me. That's just I just hadn't had the feeling that it was time, and I don't know that I want to do a show here because most most people around here know me. And most people that go to that show is looking looking for a bargain. And a guy like me can't compete with Bowie Outfitter selling combos, Falcon combos for sixty bucks. Correct. You know, that yeah. that that does me no good. I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point because I agree with you. I think most of the most of our, our listeners who participate in the shows locally here in Louisiana, they're going there to look for a bargain on a rock, right. you know. And uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, hell, everybody's looking for a bargain, you know. Right. But you do have a you do make a good point there that you know, uh, you know how many guys I don't even know what custom rods are, are running right now. I know what they were ten years ago, you know. But and, and we could talk about that a little bit maybe. But uh, you know, I can only imagine that it's with the price of everything else right now. Right. Nowadays, it's not. It's not it's like you mentioned. Up. A real seat, like you mentioned, a carbon fiber real seat is fifteen, right. sixteen dollars. You know, my so, my, my cage and limb. I'll just tell everybody in front right now. 
is $185 plus tax. You know, and it's been that price for about five years now. I hadn't gone up on it. Yeah. Now the limb elites, the people, you know, I cut discounts to people that, that buy a lot of rods, but this is the first batch I built of them. And the people that buy one, the first one is 330 bucks. It's $300 plus tax, but I'm not making the money on those I should. So the price I just order, I got, you can't see them or maybe you can lean up against that door. Yeah. I just got a new batch in. So, you know, and I may let those go for a discounted price just to get my money, but my initial investments back. But eventually that's going to be a $350 rod plus tax. Yeah. Which there's a clientele for that, Doug. Oh, there's Doug? definitely a clientele. Yeah. There's a clientele for that. Sounds like you're already aware of that. And, so. and it, yeah. I mean, I got people that are, that won't, you know, the yeah. heavies went like that. Yeah. Seven, four heavies. And those blanks, those blanks aren't new. They just been, they were made in the United States for a while and they formed them back out because they were, from what I understand, they were having uh, issues with them. So they formed them out and they're back in the, the guy that's one, uh, I forget his name, the Redfish Cup three years down here has been testing those blanks and he's not having a problem with them. And Lance, Lance Dupree turned me on to him and I bought him no hesitation and bought into the company and I'm not looking back. I have all the faith in them. I started with a six, eight medium, a seven, two medium heavy and a seven, four heavy. And then I'm, I'm going to take the seven, four and cut it down to a six, 10 and the seven, two, I'll probably cut down, to a 610 and I'll keep a 68 so I'll have five in that that line of blanks so everybody in their niche can get one because a little short fellow like me a seven foot four rod is a little bit too long you know what I'm saying yeah not everybody's not everybody's made for a seven and a half foot rod and that's a good that's a great point you bring up also right there I mean you oftentimes hear guys that play golf Doug they talked about custom fitting for golf clubs because not everybody can play you know, effectively with the same length, golf clubs, so on and so forth. But what people don't think about is a lot of that stuff pertains to fishermen as well, correct? Right. And and kind of touch on that a little bit. Man, I I got a guy messaging me now about an eight foot XD XD cranking blank, but he's six foot eight. He can handle that. I have a eight foot. I had a eight foot cranking rod, but that that is it's too big. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it depends on like in the spillway where we fish a spinnerbait rod, a spillway special six foot eight. That's perfect because you can roll that thing anywhere as you want. That's right. Now, unless you, and if you're way off from the bank, you can still use a seven foot rod, seven foot two, just depending on how good your casting is. But I like uh, in close and personal. I like to be right there with them. Yeah. It's just, it, and it depends on the person, you know, I know people, if somebody comes to me and they tell me I've been using six foot six rods all my life for pistol grips, I'm like, you're a fool. I hate to hurt your feelings. Don't get mad at me. But, <laughs> so why is that? I was about to ask you about the old because, pistol Because I mean, a seven foot rod picks up so much more line than a six foot six, you know, think of it as leverage. Yeah, that does and, make sense. And mo most of us stand up now. You know, when we're fishing, we're standing up. 
the more, the longer the rod, the faster you can pick up the line. Yeah. And that, that's with the reel too. So you can use both of them together. Correct. It's got much faster as far as that technology goes. Right. So, and I was going to ask you, what are some of the, uh, a couple of the questions when somebody's approaching you about building a rod, Doug, what are some of the common questions that you often get asked when they when that first initial call comes in to kind of, kind of scope you out and feel, get a feel for what you have to offer? The biggest question is what's the price? What's the price? What's the price? They want to know the price right off what's the top. What's the price? What can you do? Nine times out of 10, somebody that's coming to get a custom rod, they already know. You know, they know. Yeah. They know what they want. Yep. They they know they know what rods are supposed to do, you know. Yeah. I've been asked to come talk to people about the rods I build. You know what it's like for somebody to stand up and try to tell somebody about rods? You know, for me to go to a bass club and tell guys that have been fishing all their life about fishing rods, it's like, it don't work, you know. Yeah. Most yeah, they, people know what they want, and they know what a rod's supposed to do. So they come tell me what they want, and if I go, hey, you know, you might not want to be cranking cranking a, a square bill with a seven and a half foot heavy, because people people use different things. You know, I know a guy that fishes a worm with a medium light. Wow, not this guy, not that but guy, that's, that's not this guy up. either. But that's what he's been doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can give people advice or what I think, what you need to do, what you need to try. You know, people are willing to try. Yeah. So the number one question you get is price. Obviously, people want price. to know what your price tag is on them. Well, what are some of the other common questions that people are concerned with when they contact a custom rod builder? Can you put my name on it? I'm telling you, Ray. It's, it's not. <laughs> I'm telling you. When somebody when somebody calls for a custom rod, it's not it's usually not somebody that doesn't know what they want. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. If somebody's watching this and they call me, they're gonna tell me what they want. Yeah, hey, man, I I want a rod to fish worms. Okay, seven foot, and I'll go. What do you want to spend? I got a three hundred and thirty dollar rod, or I have a hundred eighty five dollar rod. Yeah, uh, I got some people that tell me money's not an issue. I'll sell them a three hundred thirty dollar rod. If money's the issue, I'll sell them a hundred eighty five dollar rod. Yeah. And it's rare. It's rare that I get somebody that what happens if it breaks. Really? It's rare, it's rare that I get that. And really? the good thing, the good thing with like I use a lot of mud hole blanks on the hundred eighty five dollars. Their blanks have a serial number. So if you break it nine times out of ten, they don't care. Send them their fifteen dollars, and they'll send you another blank. Oh wow! Yeah, I had people send half half of what they want back, and they just send them another blank. I'll be damned. You see, and, and that shocks me about the warranty thing because that's one of the questions I was going to ask you a little later on. But you know, working retail when I was with Cabela's and running a fishing department, Bowie Outfitters running their fishing department for a while, uh, that was the number one question like we get as a big box retail store is what's the warranty. If I break this thing, because you hear these guys bragging all the time about, man, I break every rod I've ever tried. You know, they break out my hook set, you know, and this and that. You hear all this BS about how, how much they break rods. And their number one question, Doug, was what's the warranty on it? Can I bring it back if it breaks and just get another one off the and, shelf? And that's Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill Stevens said that's the biggest thing that's killed the custom rod industry is is 
all these rods that are made overseas are made for dirt cheap. Yeah. And they don't really lose anything if Billy Bob brings in a broke, broke rod and they swap it out. They hadn't really lost anything. For me, I mean, I'm building them. It's my time and my money. And I've had people say, it just broke. I cast it and it broke. I said, well, bring it to me. Let me see. Well, they got 25 pound braid on a medium action rod. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, one thing, the blade, the blank, the blank is splintered all up and down. It looks like you either kneeled on it or a corridor dropped, corridor or something slammed on it. It didn't, it didn't just, you didn't just cast and it broke. <laughs> it something happened cast. to it before. And I've been doing it long enough. I know what to look for. So Yeah. You know the ins and outs of right, it as far right. as that goes. And, uh, I, I try to work with people, but if a person calls me and goes, the first thing out of their mouth is what's the warranty is like, man, you don't want my rods because they'll go break it and bring it back. I I don't want to have to deal with that. Yep. You You can, you can almost guarantee that guy's coming back if he buys that rod. And dude, and and I'm one of those guys too, is I've had guys that just got married, got kids on the way and I know they got money problems and I'll talk them out of it. So dude, you know, you don't want this. I don't want you to, I don't want to build you a rod because your responsibility is way more important to me than to sell you this rod. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because people, people, people do stupid things with their money, you know? Oh yeah. And I, I've talked several guys out of it, dude. I I don't want to sell you a rod because you're telling me how broke you are. And you got twelve kids at home, and you got another one on the way. I'm not selling your rod. Yeah, and and that's what I I kind of refer back to what I said at the beginning of the show, Doug. That's just the character in you, and uh, and I've always respected the hell out of you because of the character of person that you are, man. And uh, and and, and that's that's a little bit about the being a Christian. Like you, I know you a big believer right. in, and we'll talk about that probably for a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just that's awesome, man. It's not about selling the product necessarily when it's not the right fit for somebody. So I, I, used, I used to say all the time when I sell a rod, part of me goes out with it because I put, I put everything into it and I'll tell you a short story. And Dennis TJ, he texted me one day and he said, former, former Bassmaster right, Elite. Bassmaster Elite. And I, t- I've never told people and used his name, but he told me one day it would be all right. And this was years ago. And he told me, if I win this tournament, everybody's going to know who Cajun Lim is. And I sat there for a minute and I've never had a panic attack in my life. Never freaked out. And I was just like, Oh my God. (laughs) It's just like, I was a ton of bricks because this is how that guy was making a living. And he's putting all that trust into what I'm building. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Crazy. And at that point, if I could have, I'd have went back and got those rods from him because I was like, I don't want that stress, you know? Yeah, but, it, made, it made you – that was that moment where you had to believe in your own your own self at that point, though. Right. You had to, to kind of have and, and it, it's not it's not believing – the biggest thing with a custom guy is we buy everything. We're dependent on somebody else's technology engineering for the blanks. You know, gods and real seats, they are what they are. They're 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 gonna be good, but a blank could fail at any minute. It's not my fault because I didn't engineer it. 
you know? Yeah. And blanks, blanks will just break. Some of them just break, break, break for no reason at all. Yeah. I had a guy that was a pro that fished a classic. He told me the first time he ever picked up a Kistler rod, first cast, it broke. Nothing really? he did. It was just manufacturing. Yeah. And it wasn't nothing bad they did because they don't, they don't make the scrim that the, uh, the rod is made out of. They buy that from somebody else and make the blank. Yeah, some out of their control altogether, right. you know? So, yeah, good, bad. It is that's what right. it is. It, it's, and it's like that in everything. It's in every industry. It's like that. So that's understandable, you know? And you just got to roll with the punches when that happens and address it in the best way you can as the business owner. And you've done that, obviously, because you have customers that have continued to come back right. to you, you know? So, well, we talked about some of the, I asked you about some of the common questions that you get. What are some, when you're looking at custom rod building versus store bought uh, and a customer's trying to make that decision, you know, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about custom rod builders or, or custom rods that are built? Let me ask you that. I don't know of any misconceptions. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, I mean, the biggest thing is they're, they're a little bit more pricier. I mean, yeah. they are, period. Yeah. But I mean, they're not made over there. Yeah. By over somebody there. getting paid 25 cents an hour or whatever they pay them. And they're not, they're not put out like tennis shoes or t shirts. Correct. You know, it takes me a couple hours to build a rod, you know? Yeah. Well, when, when you're building rods, Doug, and we're talking about buying components and nowadays prices and all that type of stuff. So when, when you're looking, you know, when somebody you're building a rod for somebody, is that name brand components that anglers are seeing on big box store shelves as far as the components yeah. go? Do you stick with name brand blanks? Because I know, I know, like whenever we first started, you know, I met you and I first started trying to help you out, I'd get a lot of people that would ask me, they would say, Hey, is that a Falcon blank? Or is that a, you know, a G Luma's blank? Or what is it? How does it kind of explain to the guys who are listening to the show tonight? how that all pans out. Is that name brands that carry over into the custom side of things, or is it brands that most anglers aren't even familiar with that offer quality components? My, or do you get a little bit of both? The original blank I used was quote unquote, the original Falcon blank, you know, and that guy went out of business and I don't know what happened. Somebody's making those blanks again, but I don't know if I can even get them. I use a lot of MHX blanks. Uh, Cashion, you ever heard of Cashion? Yeah, Cashion Rods. A guy, yeah. a guy came Fat to Cat me. Newton. I remember seeing Fat Cat Newton pushing Cashion yeah. Rods. Yeah, well, a guy came to me one day. I want some rods, but I want them built on that blank. I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I can get them blanks, you know. So I called them up. Well, yeah, we sell them. So I ordered them up. Great blanks, they're a little bit heavier than most stuff, but they're good blanks. Uh, what's his name? John Cruz. That's a rod he, he fishes with, really. You know? And Gary Loomis makes blanks. Temple, I think it's Temple Fort, maybe. Mm -hmm. And and Batson, Batson is a blank that I'm using now. The the Eternity blank that it's a high end blank, and it's bad to the bone. It's bad to the but bone. But yeah. if you go out and search, you can find blanks. You know. Yeah. But so the, I mean, when you're talking about the store bought rods being such a difference in price, Doug, is, is it truly the components that separate the two rods, or is it the the price of labor? in overseas rods that are being built well, mass, I mean, what's mass, your opinion on that mass production mass production it's mass just numbers that's what's keeping the, the it down the price is lower mass production you know i mean uh, 
you know the big rod companies. You know yeah. the one the rods that everybody's using. And somebody, some companies use Fuji guides, some don't. Yeah. You know, you can look at them, and Fuji guides are going to have stamped Fuji on them. Most cards on a rod is going to tell you what, what guides are on them. And if they don't say Fuji guides, they're using somebody else. You yeah. know, and the rods that the guides are constantly breaking on, I'm not going to name their name. They're not Fuji guides. I, really? I use strictly Fuji guides. I have up until now. I just ordered some more guys. I'm going to try on some Sacolate type rods, some spinning rods for a guy. Me and another guy's going to try try to go down that road and see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, and something kind of throwing it back to, to the beginnings again, and I know I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I, it's it got me thinking about something you said. The name Cajun Limb. Cajun Limb is what you started out. Cajun Limb right. Custom Rods is when you started out, Doug. Kind of explain to the listeners tonight how that name came about. Because when you're starting up a company, everybody's, you know, brainstorming to try to figure out a name for their company. Well, you would think Cajun Limb had something to do with, you know, everything in Louisiana being Cajun. But you kind of had a different twist on things that caught my attention when I first met you. So explain kind of the beginning as far as how the name Cajun Limb came Louisiana out. Cajun. Everybody thinks of Louisiana as Cajun. What was the first fishing rods ever used? They were limbs. That's right. Cajun limb. So I, that's that's the road I, it, when I when it hit me, and I was like, that's it. That's the way it's going to be. Now it's evolving to the limb elite. These things, these little spinning rods, they're probably going to be willow limbs. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, that's pretty good. A willow, willow limb. That's catching, man. That we'll makes see. sense. That makes sense. So kind of shifting gears here, Doug, kind of getting – I want to ask this to you. And, uh, you know, as long as I've known you, uh, you and I have been friends. You have always had a lot – been a person of faith. And, right. and without getting too political and too, you know, into too much into religion – uh, that is something that has always intrigued me about you. And, uh, I respected the hell out of you. And I just wanted to kind of get your opinion, uh, you know, on that, as far as, do you feel like your faith in the, the, the good Lord above has kind of brought you to this moment of where you are in your career, as far as professionally, what you do for a living, uh, but also as a, as a rod builder as well, kind of, kind of give me your thoughts on that. Most definitely, because when I first when I first started this rod building was about the same time I was getting out of tournament fishing, you know, and I'll, I'm a plant worker. I work every other weekend. While I was tournament fishing that other weekend, I was in a boat and God was beating on me, brother. It's like you should be in my house. And this and I had this conversation with a guy the other day. That's my conviction. That's nobody. That's for nobody else. I don't. I don't look down on anybody that fishes on Sundays or fishes tournaments. I work every other Sunday, but that was my conviction to stop it. And I've had people try to drag me out. Oh, God's not going to be mad at you if you fish a tournament. I know He's not going to be mad at me, but I made Him a promise that I'm not going to do it. I don't. I really don't sell rods on Sundays. I don't push rods on Sundays. And that's just that's just where I am. And part of my rod building is a, a ministry. You know, if I get somebody over here, it's going to be mentioned. It's going to be brought up. And you'll be surprised the people that that wanted it brought up, but were scared to talk about it. You know, it's I'm here for that. 
That's amazing. It's, man. it's not about money with me. It's something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's amazing because the stories that you probably come across and hear from customers that wasn't even about, you know, wasn't expecting it. Right. Wasn't even, they came here to buy a fishing rod from you. It turns into so much more than that. Right. And I think that pertains to a lot of, a lot of stuff in life that we do, you know, whether it's building rods, whether it's a podcast, meeting people that you come across, you hear their stories, you meet them out at the boat launch fishing in the woods hunting, whatever it may be. And that's what makes outdoorsmen, in my opinion, as a community and as a family, Doug, right. so so close and jailed together because we're a tight-knit community. Whether you hunt, you fish, you enjoy the outdoors, whatever it is, we all kind of share that same bond and common interest. And, uh, and you know, it can't be that it just happens just to happen. There's got to be greater powers right. above that, that interfere and play into that, you know? Right. My original business card... And a lot of people do it, Christians, they put John 316. Yep. And the blank I was using at the time was called a benchmark. That's so right. My business card had John 316, Cajun Limb, benchmark for the rest. Well, I gave the card for a guy to a guy, and he looked at it and he goes, hmm, Jesus, benchmark for the rest. And I was like, wow, you know what? I never put that together. It never, it never hit me. And you know, and I, I got, I've gotten away from the John three sixteen because to me that's that's for a Christian. We know what John three sixteen is, but somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus, how would how do you reach them? Romans one twenty, where they talk about the things of God, what He created. So I changed my little thing to Romans one twenty. Go read it. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, and that's awesome, man. So I, I could not have this podcast tonight with you, Doug, and have you on without talking about that because that's always something, whether you believe in a higher power or not, I've always been really intrigued by that, man. And I, I appreciate you spreading the word out there because I think a lot of people, especially nowadays with the way the world is, we could all we could oh, all yeah. use a little extra, you know? Yeah. I could, I, get, I could get real political on here, but I'm not. No, hey, you've never strayed away from a political conversation. Right. Anybody that follows Doug on social media, on his personal pages, or, or you know Doug personally, he will not stray away you know, from a political a guy, conversation. And I, I just met him at the Houston show. Great guy. And we, done, we did this on Facebook. <coughs> and we talked. And it's like, you know, people read our own prejudices, or however you want to say it, we read into something what somebody's saying. We read into it what we want to read into it. Until you sit down and look that person in the eyes and talk with them, you know, I've been called a racist many a times and I'm not. But I, I will tell you the truth, period, because yep. I live it. And people know? just don't want to hear the truth. They, people say they want to hear the truth nowadays, but they don't right. want to hear the truth nowadays. There's, you there's, know? A, there's a term called cognitive dissonance. You know, and the easiest way for me to explain it is your mama's gumbo is the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could go eat somebody else's mama's gumbo and it's going to be good. It'd be better than your mama's. But you're going to say, no, my mama's is best, even though the evidence is out there telling you that it's not. That's right. You're the way you grew up or whatever. All you've heard all your life is that's what this is what it is. 
And I'm going to pull off of that a little bit. I'll, yeah. You know, give me five. <laughs> Let me slide my soapbox back up under there. If you watch it on YouTube, guys, he's turning he's turning different colors. You yeah, can kind of tell. But well, know, look, I'm going to get you off of that subject. I'm going to save you on that one, uh, get you off I, of that. I love people. And my wife told me one day. Oh, I know. Told, she told us a couple a couple weeks ago we were at the Houston show, and she told a guy, he said, he's not a preacher now, but he probably will be one day. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know about a preacher. You know, evangelist. Talking to people, yeah. Just standing in a pulpit, I don't think. I don't think that's me. That's not my personality. No, not at all. I would have to agree with that. That's probably not your personality. No. So. Well, because I know who I am. I know right. who I am, bro. There's a scripture that says, "Chief Sinner, I'm him." I can't look down on nobody because I know who I am. Yep. Well, good and good for you. Applaud you for that. So, well, look, I'm gonna get you off of that subject because I I don't want you to get too stressed out and have to take that extra blood pressure medicine tonight. Oh, I don't <laughs> take blood pressure medicine. Well, start taking. My ears it. are getting red. Wait, <laughs> right, well, going back to the fishing, the stuff that everybody came here to talk about tonight. So they joining us. Hey, I want you to. Can you do some uh some some name dropping? Uh, Doug Blacklock been in the business for 16 years building custom rods. I'm sure you mentioned one guy a while ago that fished professionally. I'm sure you could probably mention a couple of guys that are out there that may be customers of yours and, and kind of kind of kind of tell but, some stories on that if you got but I won't. Oh, come on. Come on. Bro. You can't I mean, why is that such a secret society type deal? You know, is it because of the sponsorship thing? Well, yeah, we'll go back to Bill Stevens. Bill Stevens told me one day, and it's true, he said. Those guys, I'm not saying all of them. There are some. When you see them go through, they got all their sponsored rods on the deck. But when you open their their box, that's not what they're using. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody now with social media, Doug, they know that. So, but but that's what's intriguing because us as the average community, we kind of want to know what goes on with that type of stuff. I know at one point you were probably like that. You know, you want to know kind of. Hey, I know he pushes this, but and we we're not not everybody's just oblivious to the fact that you know okay, well he's sponsored by this. That's all he uses, you know. And and the guys are even up front and tell you that you know nowadays. But for these young, mainly for the young guys out there now, because you see in you know high school fishing, you see in uh, college fishing, you know these guys, these kids coming up, Doug. It, you know it's important that they know that hey, you know just because you have a sponsorship, you know. That or, or this person that has a sponsorship with a particular company, man, that's not all they use. You know, they use right. other products as well. You know, yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I've had a guy come to me sponsored by rods, and he told me these rods are junk. His sponsor, he told me they were junk. <laughs> Professional, they're junk. I need you to build me some crankbait rods. And yeah. I built him crankbait rods, but but they and paid I, a bill. I'll never mention his name. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's there's people that I just give rods to. You know, there's going to come a day, and I've tried to get to it. It's it's always worked out where I couldn't get to him, but I'm gonna put a rod in Gerald Swindle's hand one day. I'm gonna oh, freak man. him out. G man, G man, I love G man. Everybody loves G man that follows the sport, and uh, and you actually told me that. Several years back, he said, "Eventually, I'm gonna get to him, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get a rod in his hand." You know what's cool? I got a, sm a small story about G Man. We went down to the, uh, we were at the Bassmaster Classic on Lay Lake that we took a trip. It was a group of us 
from right here in uh in, in Ascension Parish that had went down. Bubba from Cabela's that worked with us and some other guys. We went down there when when Kevin Van Dam won it on Lay Lake years back. And Doug, I don't even know what year that was, but anyway. We, well, we got there early, and the way the launch was set up at Lay Lake, all the guys were in line, and they had, like, one launch. They had to go in this circle and come out of it, you know, to be able to go park the truck. So all, we, we kind of parked the vehicle. We got out. We walked all the way down the line. Uh, and as we're getting down, the guys are getting out of their trucks, you know. And here we are. We kind of fan guy on some of the guys because we were big, big, you know, fat, nerds. Uh, big nerds of it, you know. Basically. That's right. That's what we were. And, uh, and you know, we talked to Skeet Reese, and I remember Skeet Reese, he, he talked to us, and he told us that he had some family from New Orleans. His wife had some family from New Orleans. And uh, that's when the Classic was scheduled to come to Lake Catawache when KVD won that one in Catawache. And he was trying to hit us up on what we knew about Lake Catawache in the line of the Bassmaster Classic at Lake Lake. He's talking to us. But we get down there, and we didn't realize that we were in a restricted area that we weren't no. supposed to be in. We had just took off walking. Nobody ever told us anything. So we're standing out there, and I hear I hear some guy holler at me. And he's like, hey, man. He says, "Uh, can you grab something for me? And I turned around, and it's Gerald Swindle, okay? <laughs> so he's in his Triton boat. He was with Triton boats at the time. And, and it was freezing that morning. It was real, real cold. And uh, he said, man, I need you to grab my coffee. He says, in my truck. And he was in his big jacked-up Toyota Tundra, okay? So I, I said, man, that's, that's freaking G-Man. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, I'm, He's like, oh, good, man. He's like, you can grab my coffee out of my truck. It's in my cup holder. So I said, yeah, no problem. So I go in his truck. I open up his Tundra. And sure enough, he has a Circle K cup full of coffee, you know, hot coffee. So I walk over, and I hand it to him. And I'm like, man, hey, uh, I'm a big fan Good luck today, you know, and I'm telling him. He's like, yeah. Uh, so I said, uh, I said, you want me to hold this while you get your eyes out? He's like, no, man. He says, I can't get into my tackle boxes in my boat. And I said, why not? He says, well, they, they frozen shut. So he's, pour he's, he's pouring his coffee. So he's, he wants me to grab the coffee. And he's like, man, I'm going to pull on him. Can you pour the coffee on my latches while uh, I pull and yank on him? So I'm pouring coffee for him on the latches. And here we go, him trying to pull, pry open his, his tackle and his live well lids uh, because they were frozen shut. So we had a good laugh about that. I said, man, I thought you wanted it for you to drink to kind of wake up. And he's laughing. He's like, no, man. He's like, tricks to the trade. He said, I've been around for a long time. He said, and the G-Man oh, always figures out how to find a way to get it done. He said, and we laughed, man. And I tell that story. I told, I told somebody that a while back. And he's like, man, I, he said, he's such a good dude. He said, he'll give you the shirt off his back. Yeah. He would be the guy. Doug, that that would that be great, man. If you could get your rod in his hands, he he's such an entertainer, entertainer to begin with, and on top of that, he's a phenomenal fisherman. And yeah, and then when I do that, team. when I do that, I tell him I don't want anything from you. I don't really ever have to hear from you again. I just want you to have it. Yeah. If you desire to contact me later, that's that's good. Yeah. But, you know, take it, use it, maybe. Well, take it. Didn't didn't years ago and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't you send a, a Cajun limb custom rod to the White House to the president at one yes, point? Yes, I did. Okay, kind of tell that story if you don't mind. I well, think people would like to hear that through church. You know, there's a, a guy at church. And I I don't want to name his name, but he's he's in Washington, and I told him I wanted to build build a rod for the president, and I actually have the thing that they sent me back. It's a form letter because it came back and says, thank you for the inscribed bamboo fishing rod. <laughs> I don't build bamboo fishing rods, but not many people have. 
something signed by the president of the United States. And which president was it? Bush. George. Yep. George Bush. George W. Bush. George you know, W. Bush. And through the same guy that I went to church with, I sent another rod. I actually saw the man speak at church. Uh, I won't name his name, but he was a commander for Delta Force. Oh, wow. And, and super, super nice guy. Yeah. And I told him, I, after it was over with, I told him, I said, look, I want to build your rod and I'm going to send it to you. And he, he just thought I was just another guy. Then he got the rod. He sent me a picture with that. I sent him a hat and he's holding a rod. And he, the dude is, he was a general in our army. That's, a, that's awesome. To the bone. And, and for those of you listening who don't know, Doug, you're ex-military as well. So yep. I'm sure that means a lot to you. Thank you for your service. Yep. From all of us listening, and uh, uh, we can't thank you enough for that. So I'm sure that was very special to to receive that from both of those uh, yeah. th those I would say customers, but yeah. both of those uh, gentlemen. So that's that's pretty cool, man, dude. And you know, there's one person when I do get to go to a BASS event, I look for one person. And who's that? James Overstreet. James Overstreet. Yeah, been taking photos. For years phenomenal photographer super nice guy yeah veteran you know that I, I i will go look for him i didn't know james was a veteran he, yep. he was a veteran then yep super super nice guy Did before i look him. for anybody else i'm going to find him really and he 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 treats me just good as gold yeah and that, that i'm going to go find him that's awesome when's the last time you went to to a professional event because it's been it's been since Toledo Ben since I've been, Doug. I know we used to go to several of them. Dude, I, I the last, I think the last when they weighed in at the uh Astro Stadium, that was wow. the last one. I went to the Saturday weigh-in. Okay. And that was it. That, well, was, oh, a that was a classic. That was the Lee, classic. I think Lee won it. Okay. Was, Jordan was Lee first, won it. Was Texas. that the first one he won? That, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I believe it was, Doug. So, hey, what's your thoughts uh, for, you know, I'm sure everybody has an opinion on this. What's your thoughts now since the whole the whole Bassmaster MLF thing split? And we've talked about that on episodes before that I had last summer. But uh, what's your thoughts on it? I'm, I'm curious. I always ask people that that's followed the sport for so long. I'm not really a fan of the MLF. Yeah. It just, it just, they, to me, they got bad intentions. And that, that to me, that's never good. You know what I'm saying? I, th I just think they have bad intentions. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, they gotcha. purposely. I mean, they purposely set. I think that when the Bassmasters had the Classic, they purposely set another event while the Classic was going on, and they set it up to where their guys can't go fish BASS. But I don't see where BASS, and I could be wrong. I don't see where BASS would keep their people from fishing MLF. But on the on the flip side of that, from what I understand, and I don't know the inner workings of all this stuff, it's just what I heard. BASS brought it on themselves. Yeah. So, you know, you can't it is what it is. Yeah. And look, I mean, as a fan of the sport that we in, I I, I actually had this conversation the other day. I sold a uh, it was a pretty cool deal. I had I had um a phone call at work the other day and I had this lady call and she said, uh 
She said, hey, I'm looking to buy a boat for my son. He's graduating high school. He's into fishing. She says, and it's going to be his first boat. And uh, she said that he has on his own. And I said, that's awesome. I love dealing with customers like that, you know. And uh, and lo and behold, we started talking, and she started asking me a little bit about myself and how long I had been in the boat industry and this and that. And she said, it seems like you have a pretty good knowledge of the boating industry. And she said, my husband's a fisherman. And I said, oh, okay. And I hear that. I think I'm thinking local fisherman, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and as she continues to talk, I said, well, what's your name? And she says, uh, she tells me her name and the last name is Hackney. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, like, like Greg Hackney from uh, Gonzales, Louisiana. And she's like, yeah, you know, that's my husband. And I'm buying a boat. We're buying a boat for my son who's graduating. So I'm like, well, hell, I, I I know Greg a little bit through the grapevine. I have friends of mine that are friends with him, you know, followed him for years. So anyway, I, we ended up selling a little boat to one of their sons uh, that graduated high school. Shout out to him. Congratulations for graduating. And uh, and this was his first boat on his own. And when he got there, we started talking and he told me, he said, man, he said, dad's in Chickamauga right now fishing in Tennessee. <laughs> he said, and I, he, said uh, he don't let me fish in his boat. He said, I can't, I can't spray any kind of scent in the boat. I can't do this in the boat. He says, so mom and dad's getting me my own boat. He says, so I can do all that stuff. And uh, we kind of laughed about that. And uh, and it was just a cool story, man. But we, t- I, I told him, I said, you know, what do you think about dad going back to BASS versus, you know, MLF and this and that? I said, because really I feel like it's been harder to follow, you know, as a sport. You, you think because there's more – as a fan, we would all be, you know, thrilled with that. And some people are. They are thrilled with that. But I find that I used to look forward to that tuning in to Bassmaster Live, right. you know, or, or Bass Tracks throughout the day whenever there was a big tournament and all the big names were competing for those spots, you know, for that win. And right. uh, and, and with them separating, that's just, just my, my take on it, in my opinion. I just feel like we lost some of that magic in the sport instead we of did. gaining some of that magic. You know, you know? I, was, I was losing – I was just like – I don't really didn't want to watch it when Gerald came back. You know, I started watching again when Greg came back. Yep. I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to follow it. Yep. I like and, it. And that's what we talked about. I told her, I said, uh, I said, I feel I was so happy when I saw Greg come back. You know, your dad I told him, the son, I said, I feel, I feel so good that I'm glad that your dad came back to it because. I feel like they kind of went back to their roots of where they began, you know, with it, which really a bunch of them, it all began with FLW, Doug, you know that. And those yeah. of you who follow the sport know that. And, uh, and and the Opens and all that type of stuff. But a lot of the guys that started out in those Opens, that was always BASS. So that's kind of right. where, you know, growing up, coming up in the 80s and, and, and you know, in my time frame, the Bill Dances, the Roland Martins, the, all the guys that you see, Jimmy Houston – that's what I knew bass fishing as right. being. I knew, you know, tournaments were five fish, the five heaviest fish coming to the to the scales. Uh, back when they were doing it in the beginning days, it was 10 fish at that time, right. you know. And I felt like, you know, MLF, not to knock MLF, but I felt like we lost a lot of that magic. And I'm glad to see some of these, these the original OGs, like I like to call them, right. coming back to the sport. And I think there's a reason those guys are coming back. I think, because, some, more are gonna, I think some more are going to come back. I, and I do too. I think it is. I think as some of these guys get closer to retirement, though, that you're going to see a lot of these these big names that we were familiar with. Right. They kind of stepped away. They, they did their thing for a while. But I think that they're eventually going to come back over to, to, to Bass and uh, 
and kind of round out those careers, I think, in that side, if I'm not mistaken. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I knew where I knew where you were going with that boat thing when you started. Really? I, I got stopped at work the other day and goes, Man, you know Greg Hackney bought his son a boat and a truck for graduation. <laughs> so what? Yeah, and they did tell me they said he said something about a truck they had got. So yeah, that must be true. So you knew about that. Yeah, I knew. That's why I was laughing. You were telling me. I'll be damned. Well, I, 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 was, I, I, I hear all kinds of stuff, dude. It's, oh, I'm sure. I've been doing it for so long. People know, and they people just talk, bro. Just, yeah, they do. And, and you know what? A what an awesome thing, man. I mean, you know, I, I think we all th- wish we could do that for our kids whenever they graduate. But uh, but yeah, that was just a cool story because you touched on. You know, I asked you about the MLF versus Bass. And, uh, and me and him had that conversation the other day, so it just happened to be that played into it. But pretty cool, and I'm glad to see it, man, happen where these guys are coming back, like I mentioned. So, well, Doug, you just we're getting close to rounding out, guys. Well, I know we're keeping, uh, keeping everybody long enough tonight. But do you get an opportunity to go fishing? And, and if you do, what's your favorite place in Louisiana? I like to ask people that. What's your favorite place to fish in louisiana when doug gets a chance to go i love toledo bend but i hadn't been there in three or four years most of the fishing i've done man i got a i got a 19 and a half foot triton that gets out of that shed about twice a year just don't have time most of my fishing's been at concordia and st john with uh charles anderson with sean galulores he puts on a uh it's a wednesday night tournament now that's that's mostly what i get to do gotcha. i don't have time yeah, yep, man. I know work calls, full time job, this job, and then uh, and then being a husband and a, and a, everything else involved with it, it takes up a lot of time. A lot oh, of you, you know, and you touched on the, the Christianity part, and I probably told you this. It it never panned out. I got brought into a Christian radio station to do an outdoor show, but some things happened, and it, ne- it never panned out. I still work with them. Yeah, it may happen one day. I don't know when, but because, man, I got so many so many irons in the fire. You know, it's just maybe I need to get rid of some of these irons and do maybe God's want me to do it. I just – we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Time will tell on that. Time will tell. Well, last question I got for you, Doug. Cajun Limb Outdoors, and you, you might have just answered that. Where do you see Cajun Limb Outdoors 10 years down the road? Doing shows, probably. Doing hopefully, shows. hopefully I'll be doing shows. You know, I'll, Blaine, Blaine Salter, Salter Jigger Pope. Man, we need to go to we need to go to Pennsylvania next year. Pennsylvania has a show that's ten days long. Oh, wow. it's in Harrisburg, I believe, and it's huge. But that's that's a two week commitment. Yeah, and that's if I go to something like that, I'd love I would love to do that one time a year for the next twenty years. I would have to bring a hundred rods with me. Yeah. I would probably sell them. I might would have to build some uh, ice fishing rods. Could you see a cage in them ice fishing rod? <laughs> I can see it. That thing about what twelve inches. But the, the, 14, the, the good thing inches. from my military experience, I have friends in that live in that town. So you know, yeah, I may do it one day. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully I'm famous. I'm tired of being infamous. Oh well, I tell you what, I think you're a little bit of both. You know, if you ask me, hey, dude, as long as long as when I die, this touch somebody, I'm happy. That's right. You know, That's the way I look at it, life too. Long Dennis TJ sent me a CD 
a few years back in one of the songs on it's called Faces. And it talks about the people when you die, God tells you to turn around. That's a Tupac he, song, right? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm it, when God with tells you, you I'm to turn around, you. you're looking at the faces that you touched. You know, as long as I get to do that, I'll be good to go. That's right. Well said, man. Well said, like my, that, my good and faithful servant in the end. I'm good to go. You're doing well. That's right. That's where we all hope to end up at. So, well, buddy, I tell you what, let people know listening to the show tonight, how can they reach you? Give them, give them your information and, uh, and let them know anything else you got coming up. If you want to share anything coming up or any information you want to share. Cajun Them Outdoors LLC on Facebook's the easiest way to get me. Send me a message in Messenger or Doug Blacklock. Call me, text me, message me. That's the, that's the easiest way. Ask somebody. Don't take my word. Ask somebody. That's right. And I'll vouch for you all day long, every day, man. Great products, great guy. And uh, and you will not be disappointed. So, buddy, it was so good catching up with you tonight. Uh, I appreciate you, as always, coming on wait, the show. Wait. We can't let this go without me saying it. I Candy, if you're watching, I still love you. <laughs> that's you know right. About, right that's right I, I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> well man so hey look doug i, I really appreciate the time today yes. thank you so much man Tell the wife and, uh, I, said hello. I will same same with you and uh we'll do it again soon man take care all right brother all right buddy. well guys that's it that's our show with my good friend doug blacklock of cajun limb outdoors cajun limb custom rods such a great guy, man. If you're not familiar with Doug, go check him out on his on his social media pages, his Facebook page, or you could contact him by dialing the number right here. If you're tuning in on YouTube, you can get him at the number scrolling across the screen. You can go back and watch this episode that we did on our YouTube channel right here. You can reach out to Doug, get him to build you any kind of custom rod that you want. If you're into bass fishing, you maybe have a child that's into competitive fishing, you're looking to kind of up the tackle game as far as your child goes. Uh, get them something a little bit nicer. Maybe you have a Father's Day gift you want to get for them or a birthday gift, any of the special occasion type stuff. Give my buddy Doug over at Cajun Limb Outdoors and Custom Rods a call. You will not be disappointed, guys. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you streamed us on our YouTube channel right here, guys, if you like the video, please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you giving us a thumbs up. It really helps us and motivates us to keep bringing you guys great content, which we love doing anyway. So please hit that smash uh, button for subscribing and that like button. We'd appreciate it. And if you're tuning in on audio, you can stream us on all your favorite platforms, guys. Apple Podcasts, we are now on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon. We're on Spotify. Pretty much anywhere where you can get your favorite podcast, you can look us up at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. Until next time, guys, that's all we got. This is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. Y'all have a good night and take care. We'll see you in outdoors soon. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. 
You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call.